Hi and welcome to the podcast for module one, lesson three, administration of essential oils. So in this uh, podcast we're going to talk about actually working with essential oils and ensuring that you do it safely and why we need to do it in a certain way and the cautions you need to use. Um, don't get worried, it's uh, just a, a learning um, technique and providing you work within the boundaries of safety then there's no problems at all. Okay so absorption is one of the main things that we look about when we're administering essential oils. It's important to know um, how essential oils enter the body and where they go once they're absorbed and how the body eliminates them. So we're going to look at um, the passage of essential oils through the skin, through inhalation, and we're going to look at oral, rectal, vaginal administration. This is not something we do um, as part of normal aromatherapy, it comes under aromatology. But I'll talk to you a little bit about that as we're going along, but we will just look briefly at it so you do understand it and understand what happens. The the main thing is working safely with the essential oils and a lot of the food substances that we come across every day have got very small toxic amounts of things in them, of chemicals. Um, raw cabbage contains allyl isothiocyanate, um, which is an ingredient that's found in the mustard essential oil. Um, and in the mustard essential oil, it's in such levels that it makes it irritant and toxic, so you wouldn't use it. But the amount you get in raw cabbage is safe. Um, you know, you wouldn't eat it if it was going to kill you. Um, and most people are unaware that there is anything toxic in cabbage. Um, there was a case in the 1970s of an Englishman who... Um, loved the taste of apple pips so he'd been saving them up and he'd dried them off and he got a little bowl full and he ate the whole bowl full and he killed himself and when it came to um, it was discovered that apple pips contain small amounts of cyanide which if you just eat an odd pip is not a problem but because he ate a whole bowl full he died of cyanide poisoning so just be careful how many apple pips you eat um, but this is, you know, small amounts are okay, larger amounts can be toxic. So the important things to think about are the percentage of dilution used in an essential oil. We'll talk about that more later. The quantity of the oil applied and the total area of skin where it's applied. So obviously we use low, dilute, low percentage dilutions with essential oils. And we apply them sort of over larger amounts of skin. You wouldn't put it all in one area and you wouldn't put essential oils on neat. You would put them in a carrier so that it spreads them over a wider surface area, which dilutes them down so the body can deal with them. Um, less important factors are the particular essential oils used. Obviously, some are more irritant than others, more toxic than others and do have to be used with care, especially with certain conditions which contraindications come into place. Um, 
the other thing is the vegetable oil or the um, carrier which you use to disperse them. It's less important but there are some factors to be taken into account when using certain carrier oils. Uh, the parts of the body where the oil is applied, obviously um, mucous membranes can be irritated quickly, the face, the skin is um, much thinner than the rest of the body. If you're applying through the feet that's the thickest skin in the body so it takes longer to go through the feet. Um, temperature and moisture content of the skin. If the skin's cold it'll take longer to go through. If the skin's quite sweaty it'll take longer to go through as well because there's a water barrier there and the oil and the water will sit against each other and it'll take a while for it to go through. Look at the health and the integrity of the skin as well. If the skin is quite thin, uh, if you've got somebody that is taking steroids um, long term either through in inhalers or oral steroids, uh, the skin can become quite thin and especially with older people as well, when this happens the skin can tear quite easily. Um, so you have to look at the health of the skin. You know, obviously you wouldn't be massaging in with heavy movements on somebody that's got quite fragile skin. You would be applying it very gently. Um, how the skin absorbs things as well. Obviously if the skin's very dry, it will absorb things, absorb liquid sort of quicker than a, um, a skin that's slightly greasy. But if you've got a dry skin and it's got a layer of dry skin on, then it may take longer to absorb in. So sometimes if you gently um, brush the skin with a body brush before you put the oils on, they will absorb a lot quicker into the skin. Uh, you have to look at the extent to, of the skin that's being covered as well uh, when you're massaging and how soon the skin will be washed after it's been massaged. The normal advice is that if you can leave around six hours um, between massage and having a shower or a bath. This really allows the oils and the carrier oils to absorb down into the skin and get the essential oils through into the bloodstream. Obviously with some people this is not possible um, so they won't have quite a lasting effect um, as ones that do that let it stay for the, the six hours. So, so we're going to look at ways that it goes in. Um, dermal absorption is the first one uh, and if you assume that the oil used is spread evenly and thinly over the area that's to be massaged um, and that there's just one one full body massage carried out um, in 24 hours you're looking at around between 10 and 20 mil of vegetable oil um, used for a full body massage and into that for a normal healthy adult you will be putting six drops of essential oil. Um, when this is put onto the skin um, the normal amount that it is, is absorbed through the skin is anything between 4 and 25 percent so if you think of that it's quite a low amount that's being absorbed through the skin but that is the amount that the body can cope with. Um, sometimes we do use a slightly higher um, dilution for certain things but if you're working at um, this sort of six drops into 20 mils um, into 10 20 mils for a massage then that's around uh, a good dilution. So. Uh, 
So this, what happens is the skin contains a lot of important enzymes that can break down um, or inactivate toxic chemicals. Esterase enzymes are one of these and these can work with things like pesticides and uh, carcinogenic materials and make them less toxic. Uh, so this allows this, this body to be able to deal with them in a sort of less toxic form. Um, there are lots of different enzymes uh, that will work to safeguard the body and will um, neutralise the effects of certain um, compounds which will enter the body. So once an essential is absorbed into the epidermis, the epidermis then acts as a reservoir where it feeds it slowly into the bloodstream um, and the essential oil components are then gradually time released from the epidermis into the dermis and they'll go much slower through the bloodstream than if um, essential oils um, are administered orally. Now this is something that we don't do, we don't administer orally but there are aromatologists and practitioners in France, sort of doctors and things that will um, use oral administration which is quite a complex and detailed um, process so uh, because it's going through the skin and it's going through on this slow release system the actual toxicological effects are much less pronounced than if you're swallowing it um, so once in the dermis um, the molecules then enter the blood capillaries and are carried away um, the amount that is actually absorbed from the six original drops in the massage are likely to be in the region of half a drop to two drops. So, you know, you're getting a, an amount through and it's a small amount which is, as we've talked about, drip fed over a period of time. So, the other thing to remember is damaged skin is more permeable than undamaged skin. Um, so you should apply essentials with caution if you've got damaged skin. So things like eczema, um, sunburn, anything where the skin's been irritated, the essentials will go in much faster. So you need to sometimes look at a much lower dosage um, and a high, you know, higher dilution um, of carrier oils for that. Look quickly at rectal and vaginal um, ways of essentials entering the body. Now this is something that is done by aromatologists and is done in France as well and it's done by the use of suppositories or pessaries um, and these are used as an alternative to oral dosing. They tend to be made either of uh, sort of paraffin wax, uh, coconut oil uh, or capsules made of gelatine with a, an oil buffer in them and then the essential oils worked into there. Because um, the essential oils are enter into the body past the stomach, there is much less um, likelihood of irritation. Um, and there are a lot of considerations to be 
thought about with this because obviously it affects the liver there's a lot higher dosage gets to the liver um, and because um, the rectum and the vagina are both lined with mucous membrane there is um, a high chance of irritation and um, an uneven dispersal as well so it is um, a way that is used not often um, but you just I think need to be aware of it that it is a possibility if you have the right training um, or you may come across people uh, that have been treated in France and have had this type of treatment um, so we'll talk about the other one as well that you don't do um, but it's nice to know about um, oral um, administration this is done by some um, medical herbalist herbalists doctors in France uh, aromatologists uh, will prescribe essential oils to be taken orally they really have to be careful about prescribing them. what will happen is they will be given usually in a capsule um, in a gelatin capsule which is buffered with some form of carrier oil so that it doesn't because obviously there's a risk of if you take them just swallow them there's a risk of burning in the throat because again it's a mucous membrane um, they're sometimes very effective for um, infectious diseases and um, infections like chest infections um, especially in France uh, they use them quite a bit this way the recorded cases of serious poisoning through essential oils have usually occurred where there's been ingestion of large amounts of essential oils. The classic one of this is Pennyroyal, um, which is now a banned one in England, um, which Pennyroyal is thought to cause abortion. And in, in places, in countries, or at times when abortion has been banned, um, people have taken pennyroyal um, to cause an abortion to cause the loss of a, a fetus what happens is the pennyroyal actually irritates the stomach lining and causes hemorrhage and most people have died uh, or been seriously affected by um, internal hemorrhaging of the stomach and severe bleeding um, and this is the effect that the pennyroyal's had. Um, it's not been abortifative. Um, it has caused severe hemorrhaging and bleeding in the stomach. So oral dosing is something... Uh, it's not permitted under the IFPA guidelines. It is out there. There are people that do it. There are people that are very qualified and do it very effectively. Um, it's not something I would recommend at all. Um, please don't try it. Um, you do have to really know what you know, you, you're doing with weights and toxicities and things like that. It is a very complex way of working with essential oils. So, so we'll go to another one we can use. Uh, we'll work with one we can use. Inhalation. Um, this is where um, the molecules are inhaled. It's the fastest way of getting essential oils into the body. 
what happens is uh, the air that we breathe in carries the the molecules up into the olfactory epithelium um this is an area that covers about five square centimeters um so the surface is uh, available for absorption um and the molecules um are tiny and they pass through the nose lining which is very thin and it's well supplied with capillary blood and these then um these molecules that pass through will then get absorbed into the general circulation and they will also be taken um, up into the brain. What happens as well, the inhaled substances will pass down the trachea into the bronchi um, and into the finer sort of bronchioles and then end up in the alveoli um, where the gaseous exchange takes place and this is where they're picked up and taken into the body as well. For breathing conditions, essentially those are fantastic because they get right into the lungs and they help clear mucus, they help take down irritation. It is one of the very effective ways and you can treat asthma very effectively with essential oils. Um, I've included a little video which tells you a little bit about the sense of smell and how we smell and how it goes up into the brain and works out if we've smelt it before and what it is. So. Have a look at the little video um, and it'll give you a little bit more about the sense of smell. We do cover it further um, and in the anatomy and physiology we cover all the senses as well. There's lots of lists and tables in this lesson. Um, there is um, the next one along is the cautions on the use of essential oils and there are various lists of do not use, use with care, take care when they're pregnant, take care for epilepsy, um, things like take care for high blood pressure and photosensitive and I've also included toxic oils unsuitable for home use in there as well. So there's quite a sort of substantial list there, check against it, don't be frightened by it, um, you know it's fine just work with it uh, and you work within safety so if you get a client come to see you and they say that they have various sensitivities and allergies um, then it's sometimes uh, just beneficial just to give them a little patch test of the oils that you would think of doing do the consultation um, choose your oils and then do a little patch test um, what I've done is I've put a little video on of us doing a patch test um, and so you can see how it's done. There's a couple of different ways of doing it, um, you know, of whether you put plasters on or whether you're wrapping a bandage um, or whether you do it with cling film. I tend to do it with cling film, I must admit, because um, you do tend to get quite an effect quite quickly. I mean, it does say 48 hours in here, but normally within a couple of hours um, you can see um, if there is any um, sensitisation or anything. So uh, what you will get if you get sensitisation is redness and s swelling. It rarely will blister. Um, but if you do get an adverse reaction, this is what to tell people to do. Wash the skin gently um, with fragrance-free soap as this will uh, take the oils off the, the top of the skin. Um, you can also... Um, wash it away um, with carrier oil as well which helps dilute it and lift it off um, 
the skin. The other thing is to expose the skin to the air which will help it evaporate off but not to sunlight because obviously you've got oils that are photosensitive so can um, create a burn much faster. The other thing to do is to apply a anti an antihistamine or a mild uh, corticosteroid cream um, to the area which it would be the standard uh, medical approach if you have got a, an allergy or to take an antihistamine tablet as well. Um, essentials such as yarrow and German chamomile um, are known to countersensitise um, cinnamaldehyde. Um, so blend the oil in either a gel or a cream or a lotion and apply to the area. Um, lemon um, will help um, reduce sensitisation of aldehyde-rich oils as well. So, so that's how to carry out a patch test. Once you've done a patch test, um, you'll then know if people are okay. Um, it's very rare that people are um, sensitive to true essential oils. You get an odd person, but it is a very odd person that they're um, sensitive to those. It tends to be more the perfumed oils and the uh, chemically manufactured oils that cause a problem. So but if you're using pure essential oils, um, you know, it's very rare you get a problem. Storing your oils is important. Um, they do degrade over time um, and the quality of the oil reduces over time as well. The three main reasons that causes degradation of oils are um, atmospheric oxygen, heat and light. So when you get oxygen introduced to your essential oil it does change the components over a period of time. Um, it's a process of oxidation um, and it does tend to occur more in essential oils that are rich in terpenes such as things like lemon and pine. Um, the best way of stopping oxidation is to try and keep the oils in as you know, small a bottle as you can. If you buy a 20ml of lavender, as soon as it gets down to, you know, going towards halfway, try and get it in a 10ml bottle because the least amount of oxygen you can have in the bottle, the better it is. So always decant your oils down into smaller bottles. The other thing I would say is if you are buying a 20ml of lavender, decant 10ml off, use that first uh, because taking the top on and off the bottle will cause oxidation as well. So, um, you know, that's ways of keeping oils. Um, heat and light as well. Um, if oils constantly change in temperature, then um, it does affect them. It causes oxidation and degradation. In a recent seminar that I um, took took part in with Robert Tisserand, he was talking about the degradation of oils and he said that he advises that essential oils are kept in the fridge. Now he lives in California so it is quite hot but it is something worth thinking about. If you can put a small fridge into your treatment room to keep your oils in um, then it will keep them at a constant temperature. The only problem is they are quite cold when they come out, so they will take longer, especially the thicker oils, the sort of myrrhs and things like that. And you will find that rose otto will usually go solid if it gets cold. So you then sort of have to warm it a little bit with your hand uh, to get the oil out. But it does keep them at a constant temperature. Light as well. 
make sure you buy essentials preferably in brown bottles blue and green you do see them and you do occasionally see red as well these are all okay clear bottles are a definite no if the essential is in a clear bottle don't buy it because it will degrade really quickly because it will have light in it um, and the best way of storing them is is in wooden boxes with a sealed top don't leave essential oils out um, on the shelves and things like that make sure they're taken out used and put away again uh, which if you keep them in the fridge again they'll be in the dark at a constant temperature so that's um, another plus for keeping them in the fridge so shelf life of essential oils all essential oils now come with an expiry date on them just keep an eye on them check them <coughs> excuse me it is recommended that um, undiluted essential oils are used within a year of opening Citrus oil essential oils should be used within six months. As I've said, store them in a, a cool dark place, preferably in a box, um, in dark glass. Ensure that the tops are put on tightly after use and keep them in as small a bottle as possible uh, to prevent oxidisation. Um, you will smell the difference in the oils. You will smell the change in the oils. Um, most essential oils really should keep, should last up to two years um, if they're kept in the correct manner. Um, citrus oils don't. Uh, you do need to keep replacing them. And it is false economy to buy large amounts of citrus oils as well because you do end up sometimes throwing them away. Um, check your expiry dates. And if possible, sometimes, I, especially with citrus oils, I do put a little label on my bottles as when I open the bottle just to give me a you know, reminder um, of when when they're open, just keep an eye on the smell and things. So so we're going to go on to methods of using essential oils, so we're getting to the exciting bit now because you can start and use them. So lots of different ways of using them. Um, discover, learn, practice. Um, different people will need different things. Um, it is possible to do aromatherapy without ever using massage and there is a possibility of doing an aromatherapy without massage qualification which we probably talked about at the start of the course before you then rocked. Massage can range from hands, feet, backs, full bodies, whatever is needed um, is massage. You know, and you can put your essential oils in and that's fine. Baths are another good way of using essential oils, um, whether it be a full bath or a hand or a foot bath or a sits bath, which is a you know cool water, two to three inch at the bottom of the bath and you just sit in it. Ideal for thing, treating things like thrush, um, if you've got somebody after they've given birth, if they've got stitches and things, that's a good way of working with essential oils with them. You can use douches as well. You can use uh, essential oils in the shower if you just put a little bit on the shower tray. As the hot water hits the shower tray, it will infuse up. Um, one that I use quite a lot uh, because I work in the schools is inhalations, whether it be from a tissue um, or a, a bottle. Uh, we'll talk about little smelly bottles and things. Um, or you can use it with steam and put the essential oils in so you inhaling steam and essential oils or room fragrances and diffusers and things like that it's all inhalation method uh, 
as we've talked about, it's the quickest way of getting the essential oils in. Um, and things like smelly bottles, tissues, you can keep with you in your handbag, in your pocket, um, and just have a sniff if you need to. So, uh, so that's one way. The other ways include things like compressors and poultices, which we'll sort of talk about. I'm going to put you a little bit video on about compressors and poultices. Um, very effective ways of doing it. Um, and have a practice, have a play. Um, and there's other things such as oils, ointments, creams, lotions, which you can give to people to use at home. You can give them things like bubble bath and bath oil as well, uh, with essentials in to use at home. So they're maximising the effect of the treatment they've had with you, and they're carrying on that effect. They've got a building effect, and it keeps the effect uh, working and happening for them. In your notes, you've got uh, recommended dosages and amounts for massages, preparations. Quite a big list. Sit and study them. Um, and I've, I'm going to put you some videos on of how to do things. I might even put your little hand massage video on so you can have a little practice uh, and start and have a massage. It's lovely. To, it's, um, you don't realise how relaxing it is just having your hands massaged. So it's quite a nice one to do. Uh, you can sit and do it um, and practice with lots of people um, and there is a table of basic methods of use with dosages on as well as I've said just be aware that um, you need to look at your dosages so whether you're working with a child a young adult whether you're working with a healthy adult um, and just changing your dosage to suit you work in safely within the dilutions so lots to take in go back and read your notes uh, have a look at the videos and there's some questions to answer in the assessment book as well so until the next lesson have fun and have a nice smelly time speak to you soon then bye